I thought Pastor, uh, or yeah, Pastor Dennis was going to just give you my message this morning. He, uh, my message is entitled, Pray, Give, Go. <laughs> then he added a couple more to it. I said, well, now I'm safe. I'm good. But we're on the same page. And the whole time, I, w- I, wanna, I want you to understand something. The whole time I was in Africa, I got to enjoy the time with uh, Pastor Darren doing the prayer times and things like that. And we found, I believe, Pastor Darren and I have like a like-minded heart towards the Lord and towards the lost. So anytime I would get on there, it would be super encouraging. Sometimes it can be discouraging to be away from your family and things like that. But you get in there, you get in the presence of God, you start praying, you start using that prayer language, and all of a sudden, just like the Word of God says, it lifts you up. Hallelujah. And that's what happens. So I want to thank you for continuing that. I would say stay in that place, brother, because it's helping, it's helping one out, I can tell you that. And I know there's many more because I've already heard it. But I wanted to thank you guys. Thank you for allowing us to come here today. And I want to thank the Lord for me being able to bring a message today that's been burning in my heart since before we even left, uh, before we left Africa. So today I want to talk about praying, giving, and going. Each of us, uh, each one of these acts are an act of obedience. Can you say obedience? obedience. Right. Each one is an act of obedience. And No one is more important than the other. I need you to understand that. Praying, giving, and going, they all go together. Not one's more important than the other. When we pray, when we give, and when we go, we fulfill the Great Commission. We do. That's what we do. That's what the Bible tells us to do. In Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all. Everybody say all. All. The commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Oh, that's so refreshing to know he's with me in everything. Amen? Amen. The word I would like to point out in this verse is obey. Can you say obey? Obey. Yeah. The definition of obey is to comply with, follow commands, uh, follow the restrictions that might be upon you, the wishes of someone else, to submit or to conform to an action that someone has given you. And someone has given you great commands, and that is Jesus Christ. He said, go, go, go go into all the world and preach the gospel. When we are truly sold out to Jesus, we will obey his command to go into all the nations and his gospel and and take his gospel out into the world and we will make disciples. It just comes naturally when you do that. When you go to do that evangelism, that discipleship comes right in behind it to lift it up. You can't just go, oh, I'm so glad you got saved today. And that's a great thing. I want to see people saved. But we can't leave them sitting at the altar. We need to come back to them and say, hey, you have a Bible? Can I teach you something? You know, let's have a meeting. Let's, let's meet once a week and, and enjoy the things of God because he's going to lead us and guide us in those things. In the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about how praying, giving, and going fulfill the Great Commission. First, praying. 
And I'm telling you, you guys do this well. I know your pastor does. I can tell you that. Jesus never did anything in his ministry without consulting the Father. Hallelujah. Praying to our Father in heaven gives us a clear focus and discernment where we, when we go to fill the Great Commission. We need to have some lenses on this. And praying does that for us. I'm going to give you an example. And I, by the way, I asked my wife if I could do this. So we're, I'm, gonna, I'm okay, guys. And it happens a couple times in my message. She's, she's a great example because I follow her too. For example, when Becky and I were called to go into overseas missions, it was the very prayer, prayer that she prayed the night before that really confirmed our call. She's at home. And she's uh, praying that night before. It was on a Friday night. And Saturday morning at the youth convention, Momentum Youth Convention. Amen, youth. Has anybody been to the, uh, the youth convention? Hallelujah. It's a great time and you need to go if you're not going. I'm telling you, it's life changing. So when we were there, I could take you in the place where they had it. It was a prayer capital convention center. I could you could find my shoe prints probably where it was at because the fire of God came on me so hard that Saturday morning. When that happened for the next 40 minutes, I sat there and looked at a cup of coffee, which if anybody knows me, I like coffee and it never sits in my hand very long. But for 40 minutes, I stared into this cup of coffee and just tears just ran down my face. My whole shirt was soaked while this missionary is up there preaching. And I knew, I knew everything that God had ever put in my heart to do in ministry was now. We're called to missions. He didn't say, go to Africa, go to Botswana. He didn't say any of that, but I knew what our purpose was. So what do I do? I call my wife. I say, honey, we've been called into missions. She goes, that doesn't surprise me. I said, what? What do you mean it doesn't surprise you? She goes, just last night, I was asking God if we were going to go on another missions trip, or are we done, you know, with that part of the ministry? And she goes, I just got my answer from you this morning. I just didn't think we we're going to be going overseas. Hallelujah. But if it wasn't for that prayer that she prayed, there might not have been that junction between us. That was a confirmation right from the get-go. God says, I'm confirming this, and I'm doing it before I even call you, Shannon. Isn't that awesome? That's how prayer works. That's our lenses. That's our compass. That's our guide, how God gets us to where we're going because we're in constant communion with him. We need to stay in constant communion with him to keep our focus. Because if not, man, our eyes can go too many different directions. But if we'll keep our focus on God, he will show us everything we need to do. The next part I want to talk about is giving. If you're taking notes, I really want you to take notes on this one. Yeah, right. <laughs> because it's needed. The first thing I want to tell you about giving is it's part of every Christian's DNA. I'm going to say it again. If it's not part of every Christian's DNA, it should be. We should be givers. And I am talking about financial. Okay, I'm going to talk about another giving, but I'm telling you, we are called to do so. Through, from Genesis to Revelation, we find that giving is weaved in and through the Bible everywhere. It's everywhere. From Genesis to Revelation, I just have a few scriptures. I don't have them up on my screen for you. But in Genesis 4, Genesis 4, 4, Abel brought a gift from his flock. Remember, Cain didn't bring such a good gift. But Abel brought a gift. And he brought a gift 
that was the best gift from his flock. He just didn't give him the leftovers. He gave him the best that was in his flock. So that's what you and I need to do. We need to give our best. At every turn, we must give our best. Also, uh, in Genesis 14, 19 through 20, before Abraham was Abraham, he was called Abram. So Abram gets, has this, uh, I'll just you know, give it to you, a few verses you know, from Shannon's book. This is what happened with uh, Abram. He went into a battle, and he came out of this battle and had all this plunder. God had blessed him with all this plunder. And then he meets up with this guy by the name of Melchizedek, a priest. And what's he do? Before he's even told to do it in the word of God, by God, he gives him a tenth of all that. Church, you need to hear me before you hear anything else about missions given. You must give a tithe to the storehouse. This is your storehouse. The storehouse is Faith Church. This is where your first and best tenth goes, okay? I want you to know that first of all. Because that's what we're called to do. And I'm going to tell you, it will bless your socks off. I've lived on 90%. You know, I, if I get 100% of my pay, I give 10% to God. I live a lot better on 90% than I do on 10%. Can I get an amen? Anybody that knows that, has seen that in their life, they know that's what happens. We have been taught to give a tithe in the church, right? I'm sure you teach that here, Brother Darren. The first fruits of our earnings. The first fruits. Not, oh, I wrote out my Amron bill. I wrote out, they used to call it Silco here. I don't know if they still do. It's Amron now. It used to be Silco. I've been, like I said, I've been hearing from here too. Silco bill. And before you do any of those, I want you to set aside a tenth for the storehouse of God. It's not for the storehouse of Cami. It's not for the storehouse of Darren. It's not for the storehouse of Dennis or anyone else in this place. It's for the storehouse of the Lord. Amen? We must be doing this. I know, I just wanted to tell you, and we also must do it from a generous heart. We have to do it from a generous heart. You know, God has given Becky and I a generous heart. We've always been like this. And we've never found ourselves in need because God says, do something, and we try or do our best to do it. Do we miss it sometimes? Of course. I'm not saying we're perfect people because we're the furthest thing from it. I'm just telling you, we do our best to follow what the Word of God says, and I would encourage you guys to do the very same. You know, God has been so generous to give us all that we need. It only seems right to obey the command to give to Him first, right? We must obey that command. Now, we're in the missions time, and it is what? Say it with me. He is worthy. Let's do it again. He is worthy. He is. He's worthy of it all. We sing a song. He is worthy of it all. That talks about finances. That talks about everything. Take my life, Lord. You're worthy of it all. You, you laid down your life. Why would I not give mine up for the same? You know, we must do this, folks. We must. We have to get it in our DNA. You know, it, it's given to us, but the Holy Spirit needs to be able to operate in it, in our life. And we need to allow Him to do that. To come into us and say, I want to do a work in you. I want to guide you. I've given you gifts that I want you to share with everyone else. 
I want you to do a mighty, I want to do a mighty work in and through you, for you and for me and for others. He wants to do it, folks. You just got to be open to let him do it. I have found one more thing about tithing and things. I have found that when I give into the economy of God, we see an economy now that is just wrecked. <laughs> I don't even know how else to say it, but it looks like a wreck. But let me tell you, when you give a tithe into the storehouse, your finances change in a positive way. They actually take on a whole new economy, and it's called God's economy. And he's never going to let you be without. He's never going to say, I, I don't, you won't have enough for gas. He's not going to do that. I know it's crazy out there, right? But listen, folks, you serve the provider of all things. Let him do that in you. And show that to everyone else that's scared. There are a lot of people that don't know Jesus out there. Or maybe they know Jesus and they don't tithe and they go, why am I still broke? There's a reason for that. You're not doing what God has called you to do. I know I'm kind of in your face, but you're going to have to understand something. I'm an evangelist, so I'll be gone tonight. You won't have to deal with me anymore. But I hope this gets into you, okay? I want this to get not here, not just here. I want it to be here. It needs to be here. But I want it to get into your heart. I want you to start to operating in these things like it's like totally natural to you. Because that's what God does. He makes that natural in us by his supernatural Holy Spirit. What else I want to talk about before I hand it back over? And then I'll be back up to finish out the message. As I do want to talk to you about the faith promise. You all got one? Did you all have a faith, do you all have a faith promise in your hand? Okay. I want you to just hold on to that for a minute. Just for a minute. I'm going to take a little time on this. Because I need you to understand this is something that's going to help out not only for us to get to a field, but to also help you. Maybe he'll call you into that place. As missionaries, Becky and I depend on the Holy Spirit to speak to the hearts of believers just like yourselves. It's not us. It's not me getting up here speaking in front of you. It has to be the Holy Spirit speaking into your hearts. It is the generous heart of folks just like you that step out in faith, that write a number that God's given them on that faith promise that keeps missionaries in the field. Am I right, Dennis? Am I right, Linda? That's exactly how that works. And let me tell you what, it's so humbling on our side of it. Becky and I love missions. Not just because we're missionaries. We loved missions way before, you know, we knew we were called to the missions field. I want to give you an example, and then I'm going to bring up our brother, uh, Brother Darren. Becky and I, every year, you know, they set out the faith promises. You know, you guys got the whole month to fill them out, and then we're going to figure out what it is we get to give to the missionaries. This right, You know, we need to understand that, right, Pastor Darren? We need to have an understanding. What's the number that people are promising, they're believing God for, right? And you're going to believe with them. And then you're going to make a decision on how much goes to that missionary. Uh, maybe another missionary comes on. Whatever that may be, you have to make the decisions, but you have to make them based on the promises that the people in this church have given, right? That's what we have to do. Of course, we depend on the Holy Spirit to move in their hearts to do that. But Becky and I, every year, we couldn't wait for that faith promise slip to come out. Because we'd take it home and we'd start praying over it. Two weeks, three weeks before they were getting ready to collect them. And let me tell you something. Every single year, 
God would say, I want you to move it up. And I'm like, Lord, Lord, that's not in our budget. (laughs) There again, it's not our budget. It's God's budget. It's his economy. You know, over and over again, God needs, tends to remind me, it's his budget, not my budget. You know what I mean? When we're raising a budget, he says, this is my budget, not your budget, Shannon. And that takes a lot of relief off us, let me tell you. Because when you're out doing this, you're raising a lot of funds to do this. But it's people like you that keep us on the field. So when you go to fill out these, don't look at just your bottom line on your budget, okay? Ask God, what are you asking me to do? And he, I promise you, I can promise you this, I can say it. Call me if he doesn't. I'd be glad to talk to you about it because I'll be surprised if he doesn't fulfill his promise that he gives to you when you step out and you give to missions. This is the heart of God, folks. It is. It's co-what? Co-mission. It's his mission. It's not our mission. We go to do a mission for him. And he will fulfill it no matter who he uses. You know, an old pastor, a good pastor, mentor friend of mine says, I got good news and I got bad news. The good news, every bit of the money we need is right here in this room. The bad news is, is you're not giving it yet. There's people that don't want to give. They just, oh, I can't do that. I'm scared. Don't let the enemy do that. The enemy tries to come in and, and, and mess with your mind when it comes to giving to missions. And I'm telling you, you will be, you're already a blessed church. I see it. And I thank you guys for giving into missions. But I've got a second part of the giving I want to talk to you about, okay? And this part, the other type is, it's a giving that we ourselves can give to the Great Commission. Each and every one of us has been given gifts by the Holy Spirit. We're going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. It says, There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. Hallelujah. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Don't be confused, folks. He's doing it all on you. Hallelujah. Verse 7, I really want you to pay attention to this one. A A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's what we're given the gifts for, is to help one another, to help those in need. That's what Jesus came to do, right? Heal the blind. Make the deaf hear. That's what we're called to go out and do. That brings about gifts in our life, and God has given those gifts to those who believe. I've got great news for you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. And he's going to fill you with those spiritual gifts over and over again. If you would read, I'm not going to read through verse 11, but if you would read through verse 11 in, 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 uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, you would see the different gifts the Apostle Paul list. So you guys know those gifts, I'm sure. The gifts of wisdom, a message of knowledge. Like if we have a message that God's given us to give someone else, we should give them that message. That encourages them. That gives them, gives them uh, it uplifts them. It gives them what they need from God. 
It's coming through us, but it's a message of knowledge. We also have the spirit of great faith. God puts great faith within us. As a matter of fact, I think he grows us from faith to faith. He keeps on growing us. The gift of healing, hallelujah. I love, I, I've not operated in that too often, but it's really neat when it happens. The power to do miracles, oh Jesus. The ability to prophesy. Listen, we need people prophesying into our life. If anyone ever tells you that that gift is dead, you tell them they're wrong and it's a lie from the enemy. None of these are dead, okay? You tell, and if, if you got, you'll have my phone number. There's a card back there you can pick up. You tell them to call me and I'll, we'll talk. The ability to discern spirits. Oh, this one's big. We need to have the ability to discern spirits. As a matter of fact, when we hit the ground in Africa, that one came alive in both of us like that. Because like Becky was talking about, there's witch doctors, there's strings along these kids. This, this stuff stands for something we never understood. But we know it's a spiritual, uh, things that need to be broke through in the spirit. Also, um, let's see, we did speaking in different languages. My brother talked on this today. Darren talked about the gift of speaking in tongues, right? We believe that as assembly of God people. We are tongue talkers. And the reason why that is, is because it not only encourages you, it's, it says that in the word of God, that, that when you speak that prayer language, you don't know what you're speaking. You're speaking God's heavenly language. And in turn, it encourages you. If you need some encouragement, and you haven't ever been filled with the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit of speaking in tongues, just when, when you do get that, start doing that when you're discouraged. And I'm telling you, you'll be lifted. I'm, now, it'll be, it, it's not something you've got to wait for. It comes on. That, that, that encouragement comes on now. I use it often. Often. It's, it's just part of my daily routine. I, I know I don't want to call it routine, but it is. Because that's how I want, to, uh, I want to hear from the Lord. And then also, like in, in this type of setting, there'll be different people that can interpret those languages. Like if we have a tongue, we have tongues and someone gives tongues and someone gives an interpretation. These are all gifts that we're given to help each other, right? That's what we want to do. And it's not just for us in the church, folks. We need to give it to them out there. We need to do outreach to them and give them what God has given us. If prayer is the avenue in which we hear God giving us direction, through communing with him, right? If that's where we get our direction through him, if it's the avenue, and, and, and giving, what we talked about, giving is the highway in which God uses us to, um, which God uses to give, then, then the going is where the rubber meets the road. You can do, the, do those two things. You can, you can, you know, you can pray, you can give, but some of us are called to go. And even you are called to go. Don't think you're not called to go, folks. This is where I'm going to get excited because this is my favorite part. It's the going. I've always wanted to know, God, what is it you're doing with my wife and I? Where are we going? And then when he gave us that heart for missions, it hit. This is it, God. I've been waiting on this the whole time. I, I wish you would have gave me this you know, earlier, but it was in his timing. We had to learn a lot of things before the go came. We, we did know how to pray. We, or we do. We do know how to pray. We do know how to give. But we had to be prepared to go. There's a preparation in the going. He, and, and that's through the praying and giving. So going. Each one of us 
has a call to go. Say, I am a missionary. You are. I'm telling you, folks, don't let yourself be fooled. You're a missionary. The scripture I referred to either uh, earlier is uh, earlier in this talk was Matthew chapter 28 and verses 19 through 20. Therefore, go. Just go and make disciples. The event, now, I'm not going to say that it's not intimidating to go. It is, folks. It's intimidating. I had a great job at Caterpillar. Made good money. Loved doing what I was doing. Loved giving my tithe, giving the missions. I, I'm, I'm doing the godly thing, right? And then he says, I'm not done with you. We're, I'm going to move you somewhere out of your comfort zone. And that's what he did, not just for me, but even more so for my wife. So once again, I'm going to use my wife as an example, but I explained to you guys earlier that I've got permission to do this. My wife is seriously introverted. And if you spend any time around me at all, you're going to know that I am just the opposite. I am very much so extroverted. But because, because Be she, Becky lived in Clinton, Illinois for 53 years, not within two mile radius in Clinton. And then God says, I want you to move 8,000 miles away somewhere else. Tell me that didn't throw, 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 throw some wrenches in, what, in her heart. What are, you, what are we doing here, God? It freaks you out a little bit. I even talk, during our time today, during Bible class, uh, you know, during the, the round tables, people were like, yeah, uh, I'm introverted, but you know, my, I, I like to teach. So that, you know, that's, that's a gifting that they have. Well, because Becky um, said, I'll go, God sent us. But when the call came to go overseas, she said yes to God. It wasn't, oh, let me pray about it. It was instant. Yes, I'll go. And not because she just heard Shannon say, I believe we've been called to missions. It wasn't that at all, folks. It was God that etched that call in her heart the night before we even, I heard from the Lord. So I'm telling you, folks, this going is the real, real deal. But when we, were, but when we had the call to go overseas, she continued say yes again and again and again. It wasn't a one yes. You have to continue to say yes, just like we're doing now. We're going back. So you got to keep on surrendering and surrendering and surrendering, just like we do here. We surrender all kinds of things in our lives. We have to surrender our hearts back over to the mission of what God wants us to do. It isn't easy to leave family and friends, folks. We have grandchildren. Whew, it's the hardest one of all. But when God makes that call in your life, it's like no other. Nothing else can fill that void. I cannot still work at Caterpillar. If I went back there, I'd be the most miserable human being, and my wife would be miserable because I was miserable. Our call has been to missions, and if he calls us out of missions, he's going to call us, I believe, into some other ministry. I don't see our, us doing any other ministry but missions. You know what they asked us when we were at uh, AGWM? How long do you think you'll do this job? I said, until you tell me I can't or I die. You know what I'm saying? That's ju it's just within us, and it, it's the way it is. But because we are really willing to receive direction from God, and we're able to use the gifts that he's given us by his Holy Spirit, like encouraging the Lesotho pastors and the people there, God has given us that gift of encouragement. You can ask anybody we've done any type of ministry with. 
that God has given us the gift of encouragement. So that's what these people need right now, and that's what we're going to go do. As I stand before you today, I realize that not all of you are called to missions overseas. Am I right? Not everyone's called to do that. Dennis and Linda, they do it, and they do it well. And they want to take you with them. I suggest you sign up for this Cuba missions trip. You will be changed for life. It's amazing. But what I want you to see here, and this is we're going to go into Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you, you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Can you guys say everywhere? Everywhere. Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We're just at the ends of the earth part. We get to go to the ends of the earth, to a place in Lesotho that, like you said, Pastor Darren, not very many people know about. I want to put this in your geographical area. Jesus would be telling you, go to Lincoln. Go to Atlanta. Go to Springfield. Go to St. Louis. Go to Chicago. That's what he's telling you to do. If you don't believe you're called to overseas missions... You are a missionary to these places. And right here at home, it's got to start here. You don't go outside doing missions until you're doing it right here at home. And from what I gather, you guys are doing missions well here, and I appreciate that. I'm glad you're doing outreach into your community. That is your first job. That's what it says here. Start in Judea. Start in your Lincoln. And then it'll expand from there. I don't know if everyone's from Lincoln here. I, I doubt that that's the case. I'm just saying... They, they will come in. You see, we are all missionaries. I want you to say it again. I'm a missionary. We have all, we have many people right in our backyard that don't know Jesus. And we don't have to come at them with our Bible and go, now listen, you sinner. You've got to get yourself right or you're going to go to hell. Now we know that's true, right? We get that. But that's not how we want to start our first conversation. We want to come up to them. We want to have a cup of coffee with them. We want to talk to them. Maybe give them some cookies. Start a good relationship with them. And then all of a sudden, they'll start opening up to you a little bit. Maybe you'll start to learn a little bit about their kids. And all of a sudden, you're in their life, and they're wanting to know, what is that shine about you? How does that happen in you? And they figure out that you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And you begin to speak to them about that. And all of a sudden, they want what you got. Hallelujah. You know, some places, you know, I'm not just talking about our neighbors, but I'm talking about our coworkers. There are many people where I used to work in Caterpillar that knew me BC before Christ. And I can't tell you how many of them guys would go, I don't know what's happened to you, Shannon Bale, but there's a difference in you. You don't drink. You don't go out and party. You don't do any of those things you used to do. What's happened? I wasn't beating them down with a Bible. I was just trying to show them Jesus, by the way, he had changed me. You know what I mean? That was going to do me no good to take my Bible and go, now, if you don't listen to this, I was trying to show them that. That's what you do right here. That's your missionary gift right where we're at. Hallelujah. Like I said, as I was preparing this talk, I realized that some of us are, though, called overseas. Debbie, or Debbie, 
Dennis and, and Linda, they do it often, at least once a year from what I gathered from them. They like, they like to go out at least once a year. And they want to take the church body with them. Hallelujah. I can't tell you. I'll tell, I will tell you again and again. Go. You'll be changed for life. It's, it's just amazing when you get out there and you see that. Becky and I were called. Uh, our first place was um, Guatemala. We went there for a missions trip and it changed us for life. So I'm just telling you, go with them. It's going to be a, an awesome experience. But sometimes I, I know that people that have been called into missions, they may have been called as young as these little kids that we prayed over. And they think somehow that's lost. Like it's gone somewhere. I want to tell you something. Anytime you have had the call to missions or call to do anything, God doesn't remove that. I think that call stays. I think it stays with you. And I want to tell you that space has been filled with things that it shouldn't have been filled with. But now I want you to hear that God is calling you to missions and not just missions overseas, but missions to the people right here at home. I am here to tell you that God never shuts the door on his call ever. I mean, ever. There are many avenues to do missions overseas, just like we talked about with uh, Dennis and and Linda, but also there's medical missions trips that you can go on to get your feet wet. Maybe God's calling you to do that. There are many, many avenues in which we can do missions, even uh, outside of, of Lincoln. The options are really open today for those that want to do those overseas missions. You just have to hear the call to go. Your call has been given today. Go. God tells you, go. Go into all the world. Go into your backyard. Go to your work. Go to the person at the gas station. Guess who I know? I know Jesus. Because he is going to, he'll give you the words to speak out of your mouth. He says in his word, when I, when I put you at that place, I will give you the words to speak. And he does it every time. I'll give you a good place to start at a restaurant. Do we all go to restaurants here? Everybody goes to a restaurant, right? Okay. I would tell you, the restaurants are a good place to start. Start with the people that are giving you your food, the waiters. Ask if you can pray with them. 75% of them will do it, right, brother? Amen. I just want you to remember more than anything that I want to go into a time of, uh, of prayer, right, brother? Please remember, we are all in this together. We're all in this together. It takes you filling out a faith promise to keep us on the field. It takes you hearing from God to keep us on the field. It, it takes your prayers to keep us sane on the field. You know, it takes all of us. He gives, I, I told you in, uh, in, in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 4, that we all have these gifts and they're all to work together for the kingdom of God. He's putting it in you, folks. Whew. Yep. There it is. God wants to use you to bring the heavens right here. He wants the kingdom of God here. Not just there. He says it. In, there's a prayer that says, I want it to be on heaven, in heaven as it is. On, I want it to be in, on earth as it is in heaven. He wants that here. He wants it in each and every one of your hearts. 
He's speaking to you this morning. I could lay this mic down and I'd be done. Because I think God is doing something in each and every heart in this place. In the altar time today, the second altar time, I want to pray over you. I've been trying to operate in this thing called prophecy. Because I think God's putting it on me. And it's really, really uncomfortable. Just telling you. For a guy that's an extrovert, <laughs> prophecy's uncomfortable. I want the opportunity to pray over all of you today. I won't take a bunch of time. You can stay in this altar, I'm guessing, as long as you'd like. But I want a chance to lay hands on you just like they did in Acts. And may God impart something today to you that you've never heard in your heart before. Whether it be prophecy, whether it be gifts of helps, or being an apostle, or being a teacher, or being a pastor. Hallelujah. He wants to speak to that today. He wants to remove anything that doesn't belong in your heart, and He wants to replace it with His goodness and His mercy and His love in you. He wants to impart gifts to you today. He wants to break chains off of you today. So I'm going to ask you to come forward. Any, any of those that can come forward, I would ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask, um, is it okay, Cammie, if you come up and help us with this altar time? Becky, thank you. Folks, please come. It might be a little uncomfortable. Please take the first step. Come forward to the altar and give it over to God. He wants to hear from you.